Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Back in the saddle again, sitting in the Eye of the Tiger chair inside of CYE. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and with our friends over at Talk 107.3 and their mobile app. I'm Clay, she's Orlanda, and our guest today is the wild man from the <laughs> Irish Channel, Richard Condon. We'll be back on the show and uh, as we record this open, we've already done the interview and whew. I heard him. Yeah, well, they hear him all over the building <laughs> when he comes in and Anna didn't make this trip with him, so she may have to make the next one. I don't think she's happy with either one of us that she Probably didn't make Probably not. Trip. Yeah. Anna is his co-host on Condon Uncensored on Eagle 98.1. So there's so much going on now uh, in North Louisiana. Our friends up there are dealing with the high floodwaters. And our thoughts and prayers are with them because it really is devastating. You've seen some of the pictures. Mm-hmm. and Even on the North Shore. Yeah, like well, that's right. Even on the North Shore, Mandeville, mm-hmm. Covington, even as far or as close to here as Ascension Parish and Livingston, they mm-hmm. had floodwaters. And uh, I spoke with, uh, we, we called yesterday some, uh, some of our folks up in the Shreveport, Bossier area to talk with them about what they're going through there and... They're all well. I heard back from Lisa Janes mm-hmm. over at Town Square Media last evening and Brandon Beard over at Cumulus out there got back with me. Uh, just, you know, it, what do you do? Yeah. It's really, yeah, that's one of those things when it's wind damage, it's over and then you clean up like a tornado right. or a gust of wind after a hurricane. Lightning, you know, if lightning strikes, you, you deal with it. But when it's floodwaters, you just have to wait. Yeah, unfortunately. And with more rain coming as we sit and record this, it's just, it's, it's awful. In fact, you know, as of today, right now, now by the time you may be listening to this, if you're not catching it on the day that the show drops, they closed I-10 going into Texas today, out of Louisiana. Oh, I got the, that alert, yeah. Yeah, and so, because of some of the rising water there, and, you know, just, but it's so odd, and I guess... I must have missed it because in North Louisiana, it rained so torrentially in such a short period of time, but it just didn't seem like it was such a major rain event to the degree that you'd have this much flooding. Well, maybe because we like didn't get a lot of it of here. Time, yeah, yeah, yeah didn't get it here. And, but it, well, obviously, yeah, we but, barely... You know, we talked about it in the show with, with Richard. You really shouldn't let children play in floodwaters. Oh, no, of course not. Kieran Chala at WAFB on Twitter posted a, a picture of this long snake that was in the floodwaters that was like up on a fence or something. And she had the caption, this is why you shouldn't play in Well, in there floodwaters. are many reasons. Well, there are many reasons, but you know, one, you don't know what you're stepping on because right. you can't see into the muddy, muddy water. Mm-hmm. Snakes, or not just snakes, but other critters that can be crawling in the water. And, you know, Richard... He said, you're not, you're not going to really change that when people live in those areas because people do it. But, man, it's dangerous. Yeah. Really, really dangerous. So be careful out there, folks. And, you know, hopefully uh, we can get a, a dry spot here because this is like one of my favorite weather seasons of the year. Oh, it was beautiful yesterday. It's California weather outside, mm-hmm. yeah. And hopefully <laughs> we'll get a little bit of that again today. So, all right, smoke them if you got them. May 15th, got some changes coming that we will be able to tell you about on next week's show. But this one could be the biggest one ever. 
Hope so. Could be the biggest one ever. Last year was bigger than the year before, and even with the rain. Mm-hmm. And we probably would have had at least a, maybe, what, 100 more people if it hadn't stormed right before the event? Definitely. It was so bad. So this this year's event, we're hoping for even more, and by next week, we will be able to tell you more about it, and that should be great. And in fact, if we do that, there may be an opportunity for a special guest Who? to be on. Well, I can't tell you with the mics on right now. That defeats the purpose no, of saying next tell week. Yeah. <laughs> tell me right now. I'll tell. I won't tell her so she can tweet about it. <laughs> All right, Richard Condon's in the house. He'll be next talking about sports, talking about politics, talking about his waist size, talking about his trip to Vegas, and the difference between porn and pawn. What? I'll just let that sit there for a moment. Condon's next. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. All this rain, man, and now the fire ant problem is one you got to deal with. Oh, you really do. And, and the easiest way to do with this is do not get sucked into the chase the mound routine. Okay. That starts now and lasts through the end of fall and you're having to kill the darn thing. That's right. So what you want to do is actually just treat the entire yard. That okay. way the whole yard becomes a kill zone. Mm-hmm. One application lasts six months between applications. Also works for fleas and other insects. It's a great product. And you can get it now at Pest Stop. You don't have to wait. Go to the store. Oh, no. This is one of our best-selling products. We keep it in pallets. And so the fire end issue, again, with all of the rain and more coming, you don't want to wait around. How can we find this great product? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue, right next door to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherman Williams. On the West Bank, we're on the Palco, just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Well, we're back and we've officially asked the women and children to leave the building because back for his first time in 2016, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Richard Condon. Clay, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. How you know, you? I don't know who was on the most covers of People Magazine or SI. Could have been MJ, Michael Jordan, but yeah. I guarantee you, I own... Clay Young's podcast, <laughs> own it. <laughs> that's right. This you, place is mine. That's right. You've been here more than anybody else. There's got to be a reason for that, though. Yeah, right? maybe a little bit entertaining. <laughs> Just and to a make little bit. other people listening feel smarter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how's it been, man? Uh, so much going on since the beginning of the year. So many things to talk about, from Trump to Ben Simmons and you know what's happening in the legislature. And I heard you go after a judge on your show on Eagle 98.1 every afternoon, Condon Uncensored. Uh, I heard you go after a judge. We'll get to that. But, you know, how's the year been for you? It's been good, man. I mean, everything's good personally. I'm blessed. So uh, you were in Vegas recently. Uh, The question immediately pops into mind, 
How did she get you into Vegas? Because you know I'm a recluse. Yeah, a I don't bit. go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, uh, I I'm a pretty boring guy. Uh, what happened was is that it was uh, you know it was a birthday yeah. type of thing. So yeah. it was like a Thursday. Yeah. I'm on a computer at five in the morning. She's getting up to go to work, and she goes, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" I'm going wherever you and the kids want to go eat. Mm-hmm. Typical guy thing. Mm-hmm. You get back even though it's your birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know, whatever. And she goes, "We're going to Vegas." I'm going. I'm not freaking going to Vegas. I'm not going to Vegas. And she had already planned it. And she put mm-hmm. a lot of time and effort into it. So the hotel and the airplane and everything was booked. And Lagasse's out in Vegas, had reservations, stadium seating and a whole bit. Went out to Vegas. I will say this about going to Vegas. It's not so much about Vegas, Clay, but I think somehow, some way, uh, they need to ban kids under seven from being on airplanes. I don't know what it is. Just you can't do it. If grandma dies in Oregon, you just can't go to the funeral. Whatever. Just oh, bad kids. Because, Clay, I had a five-year-old kid who looked like Peter Frampton in front of me crying. Oh, I didn't know on, if man. it was a guy or a girl. Hey, Dad, could you get the girl a haircut or get it done? Or get the guy a cut? Yeah. And then I had yeah. uh, I had a hybrid uh, couple on the a other side of me. Couple, a hi- couple? hybrid couple. What I had an Asian mean? broad and a white dude. And they had like uh, three-year-old twins. One looked kind of Asian. The other one looked like a white dude, but they were twins. And they wouldn't stop crying the whole freaking three hours from New Orleans to uh, Las Vegas. So did you make a speech? I did not. No, 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 no. You've been if known I to do If that. I wasn't with my wife, I'd have said, hey, look, get the kid under freaking control. You need a whip? I'll find one. I got one in the overhead. <laughs> you took a whip with you. <laughs> so what sites did you take in in Vegas? Man, we stayed at the MGM Grand, which was huge, and uh, the Pac-12 basketball tournament was going on. You yeah. got to hear that story. Hang yeah. on a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Trump Tower, went there, really? did that, uh, went to uh, Palazzo, uh, Flamingo, uh, Wind. Uh, pretty much did it all. Went to Golden Nugget downtown. Yeah, yeah. I'd never been to the old school. Yeah. Never went old school. I've been to Vegas twice before, and it was always on a new strip. Right. Went to the Golden Nugget. Went to Binion's. Right. And we went to the pawn shop. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, what? the pawn shop where Chumley. You know, Chumley got arrested oh, the, for methamphetamine. The, and The pawn shop. Yeah, the pawn I, shop. I, I thought you said the porn shop. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because oh, let me tell you what God. happened. One night, Chris, one night, Chris, I was watching TV, right? I was uh-huh. watching TV. Yeah, yeah. And Sue was sleeping, right? I'm yeah. going through the cable channels. Cox, yeah. love those people. Yeah. Even though it's overpriced and underserved, but I love them. Uh-huh. So I was going through the channels yeah. and it had, you know, porn. I'm yes. thinking porn, but it was porn. Yeah. It was like belt oh, buckles and Civil it, though, War right? artifacts and all of that stuff. What's that? But you're reading it, right? Yeah, I'm reading it, but I'm thinking still. But was it spelled porn or No, pawn? no, it was spelled it was spelled P-A-W-N. Okay. But in my head, I'm thinking, good, the wife's asleep, bada bing, I get this for free. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, nice. the porn shop, we went out there with Chumley and a whole yeah. bit, and Rick yeah. Harrison and the yeah. old man yeah. and all that. We went there, quite, let me tell you something. If you go to Vegas... Don't even worry about going there. Don't worry about going there because on TV, it looks nice and yeah. five-star and classy and it's huge. Yeah. And the walls are blocks yeah. apart. Yeah. If you go there, you think you're on scenic or plank. I'm really? telling you. Yeah. No, it's not good at all. It's not huh. good at all. But you had to go because it's a TV deal. You, did you run into anybody from Baton Rouge? Uh, no, no. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Not there, but you got to hear this. It's a great story. So Sue wanted to take a picture, right? I'm okay. not into selfies. Yeah. I don't do that poop poop. Yeah. I mean, I just that's, that's just for goofballs and women. So anyway, <laughs> she goes, let's take a selfie. Well, okay. out in front of the pawn shop there, there's a median, like St. Charles Avenue. Mm-hmm. There's a median. Yeah. So it was a guy with his wife and kids, and you know, I felt like a goofball. Clay. I said, hey, do me a favor. Can you take a picture of me and a wife it's outside? Not a selfie. People have done that for yeah, a long time. Yeah, but I mean, time, but you though. really can't because of the way the building was positioned okay. and how big the, you know, the lettering was yeah, on yeah. the building. You had to go to the median to get the whole shot. Okay. So anyway, he goes out there, he takes the picture. 
She, he brings it back. Okay, fine. Sue goes in there and she bought some earrings or whatever. And I'm bored out of my freaking mind because all the people behind the counter, a bunch of circus workers. Look, on TV, I'm telling you, <sighs> they make them look a little classy. Well, Rick Harrison's son, the guy's got tattoos from his freaking wrist to his elbow. Okay. That's not a normal routine of a guy who was raised up in uh-huh. a functional family. Well, does just, that make yeah. sense? Yes, it does. Okay, fine. So we leaving and we walking back to Fremont. That's yeah. the old, you know, old Vegas, yeah. Las Vegas Boulevard. We walking back. We like two blocks away, Clay. And I hear this guy yell, "You son of a!" And I turn because you know it's yeah. like one o'clock on yeah. a Saturday afternoon yeah. in yeah. Vegas. I turn it's around, wonder what's going by the way. on. You don't have to censor yourself. Okay, you good forgot. deal. So anyway, I was walking back and I asked the guy, "What the freak's wrong with you?" And because I wanted to help, that's right. how I am. Right. I'm no Captain America, but I want to try to help somebody. Right. What happened was he asked a guy to take a selfie of him and his family outside the same pawn shop, and the guy took off with his phone. Ah. <laughs> Just ran. So Bada bing. So why did he take why didn't he take yours? I guess he knew you must have meant No, business. no, but the same guy didn't take the photograph of me and Sue. Oh, it was somebody else. Oh. So whoever he asked to do the selfie of the family, it's gonna be a picturesque moment. We're gonna celebrate this all the time. The guy's going home without his phone. <laughs> well, what'd you eat when you were out there? I mean, you know. Man, Clay, I'm not a big eating guy. You know me, I eat one meal yeah, a day, so yeah, I'm not. Which is I'm odd, not. yeah. I just, uh, you know, we went to Agassi's, ate there, and then, I don't know, somewhere along the way, we just stopped and ate. I'm not really a, a show person. Yeah, I, no, no. I, I'm a simple kind of guy. But let me tell you this. But the weather had to be amazing. It was West incredible. West Coast, yeah. Well, let me tell you what's incredible. It's like Friday we checked in. Well, I guess dates are irrelevant. But the day we checked in, it was beautiful a whole bit. Then the sun went down, right? So we went to the Flamingo, because mm-hmm. that's where Sue and I stayed when we got married back yeah. in 84, and she yeah. wanted to reminisce the whole yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Quite. When we walked in, it was just maybe 65, cool, no breeze, nothing. An hour later, when we walked out, the palm trees were cracking. It was like 60-mile-an-hour winds, wow. just like that. It's amazing. Wow. We talk about the weather in South Louisiana, you know, that old goofball saying, yeah. well, if you don't like the weather now, just wait, it'll change. Hey, that's Let me tell you, true, out though. in Vegas, though, out in <laughs> Vegas, it's a whole different world. Dust storms, the wind, hot, cold. I mean, the, the, the climate changes so quickly out that way. So you'd never live out that way? Well, not at my age, but I will say this. The finest women I've ever seen. Okay. Finest women I've ever seen. Okay. The cocktail waitresses yeah. by the bank. Yeah. Now, look, my wife doesn't listen to your podcast, so I <laughs> okay. can do this. Okay. Let me tell you what was going on. Okay. The Pac-12 tournament was going yeah. on yeah. out in Vegas, right? Uh-huh. So you had all the Arizona people yeah. there. By the way, why doesn't Sue listen to my podcast? we got to work on that. Uh, she's too busy f- taking me to counseling. But look. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's too busy giving me another injection. <laughs> Put more salve on certain body parts. Uh, here's the thing, Clay. I've never seen so many beautiful women in my life. If I was like 25, a professional man, mm-hmm. whatever, CPA yeah. like you, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Not in the CPA. marketing yeah. and promotions okay. and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Whatever you do. Yeah. If I was 25 and single, I'm moving to Vegas. Really? Absolutely. Pretty people, huh? Oh, beautiful people. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. No inbreds. Yo. <laughs> no inbreds. <laughs> You're running the inbreds every now and again, do you? In South Louisiana, every now and then, based on where I stop and get 20 bucks in cash. Where you getting the mufalata from. <laughs> yeah. Amen, brother. <laughs> I used to remember you doing those spots for Rockies with the mufaladas all those years ago. I've known you way too long. Uh, what do you think about Ben Simmons? 
Yeah, I think it's a sad story. I think overrated, Bay- underrated, or rated uh, right. You know, I, you know, he's a young student athlete, so I don't, I don't want to say either way. Uh, normally, I'm too critical, but here's the situation with Ben Simmons. I think you and I and everybody listening to the podcast can agree that certain times he just went through the motions. Yeah, very talented young man. You know, he's a guy who did what he did mm-hmm. because he had to. In other words, like I got to marry that woman because I impregnated her, mm-hmm. and her daddy's got a gun. <laughs> That's the kind of thing with Ben Simmons. Yeah. He didn't want to come here. Right. He wanted to go straight to the end. NBA, yeah. but he couldn't yeah. because of the rules. Yeah. So he had to suck it up yeah. as godfather's an assistant coach. Yeah. So I'll go to LSU right. and let's see. What I would love, Clay, is there's a book that somebody's got to write. What happened against Alabama in the 2012 BCS championship game for the 2011 oh, season? Yeah. What happened in that locker room? Yeah. What went down? Yeah. Why you guys, whatever, yeah. Jared, we well, didn't we get into the game. The story. Yeah. yeah. And then what happened with this team? Yeah. Because Johnny Jones has got three McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. He's got the number one player in college basketball. Yeah. And for these guys to lay down and die, and that's what they did. Quit. You know what? Johnny Jones and his basketball team will never be confused with Colonel Oliver Noff no. and Audie Murphy. No, no way. No. Because Clay, here's what's crazy. Going back to Vegas. So we were there, and okay, fine. So on on uh, Friday, LSU won, mm-hmm. right? So on Saturday, they got to play Texas A&M. They got to play Texas A&M. And we're at the Golden Nugget gambling, and I'm not worried about a basketball game when I'm only in Vegas Friday and Saturday. I'm flying home Sunday. Right. There's too much to do. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm playing blackjack, and I pull up my phone, and I'm checking out the score. Mm-hmm. It's halftime. They're down by 20-something, whatever. Yeah. They only scored 13 points in the first half. Right. I'm going, somebody over at ESPN, obviously, they got to get the computer IT guy. Right. This can't be right. Yeah, numbers it, wrong. It's, it's something. Yeah. When the game was over, I'm going 71 to 38. Right. When you played the day before, you beat Tennessee, you know you got to win the tournament. How do you come out and lay down like that? You know, Johnny Jones should have ran up and down Highland Road with a white flag. Yeah. I mean, just deflate the basketballs and give it to Joe Oliva. Yeah. I mean, that is the most brutal embarrassment in the history of LSU athletics. Because Johnny Jones is never going to have more talent nope. than what he has right now. And here's the big question. How is Johnny Jones going to recruit five-star athletes now? Who's going to want to come to LSU? Obviously, you can't manage him. Right. You can't coach him. Does he stay? I mean, I think Johnny Jones is going to stay. I think he's they'll give him guy, one more though, year. Right? He's a good guy. He's a good guy, Quay. But, you know, he said, uh, you know, all season long, I like the chemistry of this team. I like the chemistry of this team. And this team would play well one half, win a game, survive. Then they'd come out the next game and look awful. Yeah. And then at halftime of the game against A&M, when they're getting just totally, I mean, just wiped beaten out. up bad, yeah. wiped out, he goes, I like the energy of my team. Your team scored 13 points. Yeah. I mean, some of the things this guy says just makes no sense. Why does he? Why does he choose not to go to the NIT? See, you know what? That is ballless. Is yeah. what that is. You get paid to do a job. There are certain things you and I do professionally, Clay. Yeah. We don't feel like doing it. Yep. We don't want to go to work that day. Yep. But guess what? We were brought up in an environment, and we have parents who said, "Hey, every day when you want to clock, you got to go in and do the freaking very best Absolutely. you can." Johnny Jones acted like a little sissy. And you know, let me tell you something. I think it's over his pay scale for him to make that decision. Yeah. I'm going to say, "Okay, fine, Johnny, you decided that." So, what kind of message is this set up on two fronts? If Johnny Jones made that decision, now we know why this team quit. Mm-hmm. Now we know why this team had no freaking grit right. and no pride right. and in no integrity right. and no character. But if Johnny Jones had somebody else tell him this, then that's even scarier. If Joe Oliva, because you remember a few weeks ago, Joe Oliva, when they had an 85 RPI, right. said, you know what? And he's on a selection committee. Yeah. He said, hey, I don't think we're going to be in a tournament. Right. That was a couple of weeks ago. Right. So what do you think Joe Oliva is now thinking? 
So if Joe Oliva decided to let him make that decision, that is God right awful. Yeah. And if Joe Oliva was part of that decision, then that's even brutally awful. Yeah. Because you need to tell that guy, we paying you a job. Right. Guess what? You owe us fans, right. our fans, our season ticket yeah. holders, yeah. because it's the most disappointing season in the history of athletics, no matter what sports you follow as sure. an LSU fan. Yeah. And it's interesting because even though the NIT tournament is the JV tournament, obviously for this time of the year, it's a good experience for the kids to get, you know, just to be in the competition, don't you think? But if you lay down in certain <clears throat> points of games all season long and you yeah. absolutely lay down against A&M, you're going to follow that up with a surrender flag? You're going to lay your weapons down and go, no, we don't want any more. To me, that's Johnny Jones admitting and Joe Oliva admitting that this coaching staff lost total control of these players. What about the speculation that Simmons says, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play. I want to be done with this so I can get ready for the NBA. Well, that makes it worse. That makes it worse. Hey, Ben, we playing in the NIT. You don't want to play it, and you quit. We're not quitting. This is Louisiana State University. Right. We've been playing basketball here since 1909. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Shaq didn't do it. Chris Jackson didn't do it. I can right. go down the line. Right. You know bigger than the program. As right. much as you think you're bigger than the program, you're not. So if Ben Simmons did indeed say that, Clay, that's absolutely embarrassing. His parents ought to be embarrassed. But let me tell you, Ben Simmons was, uh, you know, he was just a coddled kid in Australia who's got mm-hmm. God-given ability who has never been challenged. Yeah. He's playing basketball in Australia. He didn't grow up in the Bronx. Yeah. He didn't grow up in inner city Chicago right. or L.A. Right. and got his teeth knocked out and yeah. pick up basketball games right. at the age of 14. Right. The guy never heard gunshots right. in the distance right. and missed free throws. He didn't have, to fight he didn't have enough blacktop in him. Right. That's the problem. Right. He was coddled. Right. He's the best and the biggest in a small country that mm-hmm. really doesn't play a whole lot of b-ball. That's right. It's Australia. Right. So he went through it. He's smooth, man. He went through it easy. No issues. He could show up half asleep and score mm-hmm. 30 against his competition. Right. He gets here in America. He's playing in the SEC. He now he realizes, meets resistance. Now he can't overcome that hurdle. And he never adjusted to it. He never grew. His parents never set him down and said, Ben, this ain't Australia, brother. Right. You're playing in the SEC. So I want to throw this at you. This Because I think you're the perfect guy to ask this question. So last week, what's the player's name for the Pittsburgh Steelers who's facing a year-long suspension? Because because of marijuana, uh, I forget. You know, he's, he was suspended a few games last year. His, actually, his name is inconsequential to the point that I'm trying to make. But he's out a year now. But he's going to be out a year. And so, and I don't do this very often. But you've been a friend of mine for almost 20 years, so I'm comfortable talking about this with you. I was talking to my sons this weekend about this Saturday, uh, as we sit and record this, and I said, you know, there is a perception that your generation you know, the generation of my oldest boy and my youngest, that you guys are weak, that just people in your age group, millennials, and it's not all of them, okay? I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying every millennial is weak or a troublemaker. I'm, I'm not saying that. I just want to put that out there as a disclaimer. But they don't seem mentally tough, and I think a lot of that may have to do with the way that our generation, some in our generation, coddled, them and shielded them from anything tough and when they become adults they shriek and shrink from it because i told them this i said they these kids complain they make they can make anywhere from three to ten million dollars in three years an average nfl player the average guy working blue collar getting up at four in the morning coming home at seven at night, doing it, you know, five, six days a week for 30 years and retires with a watch if he's lucky, will never sniff $2 million, okay? 
And these kids don't I don't know that they know how good they have it. What do you think about that? Is Am I just totally wrong here? You know what? Quite, and let's go back to what's going on now with the, uh, you know, the presidential election yeah. and all the caucuses yeah. and that sort of thing. All these protests and that sort of thing. All these guys disrupting Donald Trump or whatever. It doesn't matter your party affiliation sure. or who you're going to vote for on November 8th. Right. My point with all of this is those type of people are the same type of people you're talking about. It, it's not about the individual. It's about the individual's upbringing. Yeah. It's about what type of parents that yeah. person had okay your children would never do it yeah. my children would never do it because it's about love and affection but it's also about putting a foot up their behind when yeah. they don't represent themselves yeah. and their family name like they should be but it's harder now don't you think though well i mean because they surround themselves you know what you know why it's harder now because when you and i were growing up all the parents pretty much raised the kids the same way oh yeah somebody down the street catch catches you crossing the line and they dealt with you about it and then they called home to say hey I, See, but, I, yeah. but, but now you got parents raising kids and yeah. the parents believe in self-entitlement, yeah. that the government should spend all their money and support right. them, that there's no uh, personal responsibility or accountability. Yeah. Parents are thinking that way now, yeah. right? So if the parents are thinking that way, your dad, my dad, huh, NOPD, busted his behind, my mama had two jobs, did what she had to do, and they expected you to be raising that family, understanding and appreciating what it takes in life to make yourself self-supporting, to make yourself important in society, and to be a productive member of society. But you got too many parents out there raising children where it's up to somebody else to take care of their kids. Everybody, and then they believe it's up to somebody else to right. take care of themselves. And they're in their 40s and 50s yeah. now. That's crazy. Everybody can't be a superstar, man. And everybody's not going to, you know, I say this every time I speak to kids that don't fool yourselves. There are people in life who are losers and you have to choose to be a winner just like you choose to be a loser. There's no such thing as showing up and you get named a winner just because you got there. We've, we're creating that crap with this particip- participation trophy thing that we do now. Well, it's not only participation trophy. It's, it's, it's you don't cut anymore. Right. And everybody makes the team. Right. And, and what, disappointment builds character. Oh, no question. Disappointment builds character, Man. especially when you got a loving, caring, yeah. support staff at home. Yeah. They build you up. Yeah. And then you go back. I remember as a kid, there was one kid, Tommy Maddox, in the neighborhood when I was growing up at Harvey after we moved moved out of the channel. Yeah. And this guy would whip my behind every day. And my dad would be out there in his Bermuda shorts drinking his Miller ponies watching this kid just yeah. pummel me. Right. My old man would just sit there and watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if it got down to the point where it was going to cost me, right. you know, no, hurt you bad. Hurt it's, me yeah. bad. Yeah. Old man would have came over and, yeah. and picked him up. But my old man always told me, one day you're going to get tired of it. Yeah. One day you're going to get tired of it. And that one day came and I got one good punch in first <laughs> and Tommy Maddox went down. Right. And after that, him and I were best of friends. That's right. You know, but you get to a point in life, it's, you know, and too many people out there claim, God bless these young children who grow up in in, in impoverished homes, who grow up with no book supplies, who grow up with a dad they never met. God bless those young people. And, you know, like you being a mentor and a program you're affiliated with. God bless those kids. But those people, if they get help and they get a little guidance and they get a little love and they get a little support for those people, eventually in life, they need to be accountable. There comes a point in right. every young person's life sure. when you have the love and the support. Right. You can't blame it on mom and dad not being together anymore. Yeah. you got to be responsible and accountable because you see what's going on around so you. I'll throw this at you. Let's take this point out further. A great example of that was Cam Newton. And I was talking to my sons about that. I said, you know, Cam Newton pouted like a little girl after the Super Bowl. And people said, well, he was acting that way because one of the players for the Broncos was a few feet away talking to a reporter and talking trash. That's why he acted that way. Bull crap. Okay, you just left out of a stadium where thousands of people were chanting worse things than that at you. The whole team was saying things to you. You got to suck it up, man. 
You got to And it, listen, you and I have had tough times where you go through stuff. I, you know, I tell the story. I remember uh, when we worked at a radio station in town and they canned everybody. Nobody had contracts. They blew everybody out. WIBR. The next WIBR. The next day I was supposed to go to the BizTech Expo downtown. And I went. I said, you know, I'm not going to hide. I went. It's like, you know what? I'm a man and you don't always get to win. And I don't regret any of those circumstances. Now, do you wish certain hard things don't happen in your life? Absolutely. But, but you know, hard times builds hard spines. It's just the way it works, you know. And I don't think, I, I just look at society now and what these kids do is when they meet resistance, a lot of them go get guns. Well, you know what, and they shoot up places. You know what, Quaid? One thing, man. One thing, and we all motivated by certain things. And the one thing that motivates me is when somebody tells me I can't do it. Yes, that's right. I remember years ago when we worked together. Yeah. I think no, we weren't working together at that time because you would have been the host, not yeah. me. Trust me. But uh, Sean Hannity came in town. Oh yeah, and uh, we were in the same building. But yes, yeah, I remember. Don Goslin, who was the program director, yes. said, "Rich, Sean Hannity's coming into town, and you have to moderate. You have to interview him up on stage." Now, Quay. Right. You bring in any sports figure, bring in any local person, yeah. we'll have fun. And I'll, sure. Just off the cuff, I can yeah. do it. So anyway, I'm going, Sean Hannity, are you kidding me? Right. I don't have the capability to interview and ask the intellectual questions, in-depth questions, to Sean Hannity. Yeah, you do. Well, well, no, no, really, I didn't. So what did I do? Now, that's on a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. I find out that Thursday, well, we're working everything. So that Friday evening when I get home, I forget the name of Sean Hannity's book. But I stayed up all night. Deliver us from evil. And read the book. Yeah. It read as much as I could, and yeah. I highlighted it. Yeah. And I have never been so intimidated and scared, thinking, I can't interview Sean Hannity. I mean, that's like a Fox guy. Yeah. That's like, uh, I mean, that's that's like an in-depth, intellectual type of interview yeah. that Condon can't do. Yeah. And Clay, so I studied, and we were driving. I'll never forget this. And Sue goes, you all right? I'm going, this could be the bottom for me. I can't do this. They put the wrong man in this position, man. Hey, I'm good with goofing off and having fun and whatever. But interviewing Sean Hannity in an auditorium type of setting like yeah. Town Hall, yeah. I'm going, I can't do this. And Clay, that moment, I'll never forget it. We did it, and people answering, asking questions, and, you know, we get done. And Sean Hannity, I'll never forget this, and I'll take this to my grave. The happiest moment of my life. He, she extended his hand. He goes, Richard, nice job. That made my day. But for right. Sean Hannity. Right. And, and I think he really meant it. Yeah. It's not like when somebody right. goes, yeah, good seeing you. Right. Yeah, hey, text well, me. Well, you know, those Call guys me. don't have to be polite if they don't want to be. A lot of them can be douchebags, and we've met a few of them over the years. No question. So for him to do that, he meant to say it. But, no, but don't you think be, but I, being challenged is what brought that out of you? The fact that you said, man, this is out of my comfort zone but I got to do it. But you know what? A part of you is scared, but a part of you is excited. Yeah. Well, you don't think I can do this? That's right. Watch me now. That's right. Now, right when you walk in, you That's don't right. think you can do That's it. Right. But at the end, I told you. You get that chip on your shoulder. You get that chip off but your there's shoulder. something it's about so true, that. Man. You know, it, th- when you want to prove something to yourself, it's like, and, and for me personally, that's been one of my things inside. It's like, okay, I'm going to show you. you know, I remember Daryl Green in an interview, 60 Minutes interview, I think with Ed Bradley, years and years and years ago. Daryl Green was five foot seven. Uh, you know, played cornerback for the Washington Redskins, won three Super Bowls, and until he was 40, 40 years old, was maybe the fastest player in the NFL. Right, right. In that interview, he said he used to play football as a child, and he talked about how, you know, when he said he wanted to play in the NFL, all you know, from a kid all the way through, he said he could remember people telling him he's not going to do it and laughing at them, and then he, he looks at the interviewer and he says, 
I remember every one of them. I could see their faces, and they drove me until the day I retired. And he's now in the Hall of Fame. Clay, you know how certain people, it could be business, it could be in athletics, whatever the scenario is, you can't motivate everybody the same way. Right. Certain people need a yeah. foot up their behind. Right. Certain people need encouragement. Yeah. Certain people need to be challenged. Certain I was pe- the foot up the behind guy. I but, was the guy when you challenged me with the tough stuff, I'm going to But respond. you know what? The people that mean so much to you yeah. in your life, they know how to do that. Oh, yeah. And what I'm saying is, and not, not to bore you, but back in, in, in uh, what was it, 2005, and I was 45, and I wanted to run a marathon, yeah. right? So I'll never forget. I talked to my dad. And I'm going, and uh, my grandma was in a hospital and she was dying. And so it was a family type yeah. of situation. Yeah. Son, what you up to? And Sue jumps in. Well, you know, he's just been running a lot. And, of course, my dad don't know. Mm-hmm. He goes, what you running for, son? I said, Dad, I'm doing a Marine Corps marathon coming up in October. And I'll never forget it. Are oh, you a jackass? <laughs> You're 45 years of age. You ain't going to run no damn marathon. Are you stupid? And he told me that. And that's the way he had already. Yeah. He had motivated me that way. I'm not saying it's a right way of right. motivating your right. kids. I'm right. not saying that. Right. I, I, I'm not promoting he this type of motivation. Hear, but, I mean, I heard that when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Because he knew playing in the Catholic League when St. Aug was St. Aug right. and Shaw and Holy right. Cross right. and right. Jesuit. Right. And when I went to LaSalle, my man said, look, you're small. You're not very athletic. Yeah. But you know what? At the end of practice, when you run laps – your ass better come in first. Right. So he'd come with his unmarked white LTD with the blue NOPD light on the dashboard. He didn't come before. Right. Even if I got a couple right. of reps. He wasn't there for right. that. But he knew what time practice ended. Right. He says, you better finish first every right. day. And that's what happened. So when my old man told me that about the marathon, I'm going, that's your ass now, dude. Right. That's your ass now. Right. So, right. It's like, so I did it. And at the end, I told Sue, you call my dad and tell him to stick it up his behind because his son just did it. That's motivation. man. Motivation, you know, man. When I think about coaches – when we were kids, for all of the complaining now, some of the coaches I had, if you could have filmed some of the things they said to us, oh my, and I can never remember walking off a field or a court and feeling like I was abused verbally. I just felt like coaches getting on to my behind because I'm not doing what I need to do. But we never we never got broken by it. Clay, imagine this scenario, okay? And this happened back in seventh grade. Right. It's St. Stephen's on Napoleon Avenue. So it was like in the spring sometime where the PE coach got fired, yeah. would have quit. So they brought in a new guy, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're 13 years of age. Yeah. I mean, grass is starting to sprout out your chonies. <laughs> you're getting a little cocky, that okay. sort of thing. All right. So all of a sudden, you know, I was the clown, as you can imagine. So we you? Sit, yeah, no. so we sit there in PE. We sit there. And of course, the uh, principal introduces a new PE coach. And yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, kind of joking with the guys in the back, and the guy goes, "Hey, hey, you need to hush up." You know, whatever I said, he goes, "Come up here." So I came up there, man, Clay, this guy, a big dude, he grabbed me. You remember behind the goals, they had the padding? Yeah. Man, he threw me against, raised me maybe three feet off the ground, and says, "If you say something again, watch yourself." And he dropped me down. So I said, "Okay." So I went home that night. I said, Dad, look, this new PE coach, man, he embarrassed me in front of everybody. He picked me up, slammed me against the wall. He says, really? I said, yeah, Dad. He goes, what time you take PE? I said, Dad, about 1.30. He says, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll handle this. And I'm going, yeah. Call my friends. Hey, my dad's going to kick his ass. So, Clay, I'll never forget it, man. Big metal doors, right? Yeah, yeah. They open up. Yeah. Here comes my dad. Yeah. Got the little NOP. Got That's his badge, right. gun. He's, he's, back, he's back in there. That's right. So, all of a sudden, he, he calls the coach over. The coach didn't know. You know? Mm-hmm. So, the coach goes over there, and I see the coach and my dad kind of nodding, talking, looking at one another. All of a sudden, my dad says, Richie! <laughs> Come here. I'm going, that's it. My old man's going to pop him right in front of me. So I walk over there, and my dad looked at me, Clay, and he goes, 
if you talk in PE one more time, we both are going to whip your ass. You okay with that? Get back in line. I went back in line. And that's that was the, the way difference. it's supposed to work. That was the difference. That's it was the way it's supposed to work. Authority yes. And respect the people in a position that's the way it's where supposed all they're trying to do is do their job. It's different now. Teachers get popped in class now. You can't tell a kid to sit down and shut up because that's being rude. Shut up. I, I heard somebody tell me once, you know, uh, you don't tell kids to shut up. Let me tell you something. When you love your kids, you take care of your kids, you protect your kids, you would give your lung, liver, or heart for your kids, you got the right to tell them to shut the hell up if they've crossed the line, okay? And I think right now in society, to build a better America takes toughness. Toughness. Clay, you know what? In, in a lot of people, you know, one thing I say all the time that people get uh, really pissed off about, and, and, and maybe it may bother you. The thing that bothers me is that I think when every woman gets pregnant and they married, correct, mm-hmm. that they ought to be able to sign a contract Uh-oh. saying that, guess what? My kids will never go to public schools. That way, my <laughs> property taxes are not going to this nonsense. Because every time I watch the local news or pick up the advocate, well, you know what you see. Yeah. There's another gun in Scotlandville. Well, there's drugs here, drugs there. There's, there's threats on teachers. And, right. and my thinking is... If people decide that they want to send their kids to public schools, that's their kids. It's the way they want to raise them, and sure. God bless them. I'm not faulting them for that, but they ought to pay more property taxes than I'm paying. Now, I know what you're saying. How do you want them to pay more property taxes? Because likely their home value. There is that. It's not your home value. There is but that. But it's like, shouldn't I be able to sign a contract? Well, guess what? All right, you want to take money out of property taxes? Yeah. Put it in my kid's college tuition. Put it in the St. Joseph, St. Michael, yeah. St. George, yeah. yeah. St. Aloysius. Yeah. Pick your school, Parkview Baptist, yeah. Episcopal, because it's unfair to people like us when you watch the news and you see, I'm paying for this. It's just to me, I don't think, you know, and it's not every kid because there's some special young talent out there. Make no mistake about it. Kids are smarter now than they've ever been before. No we can't even compete with their intellect or their ability to process information. They're better that way. But the one area that I think they can't compete with generations before is mental toughness. And it's not all of them. But again, I'm going to tell this story. I remembered coaching for the YMCA last year. And... We're in a basketball game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the Y, summer league, you have to let every kid play a certain amount of quarters. Because right. at a certain age, you want them all to get on the court. It doesn't really bother me because it's not about winning and losing at a certain age. It's about competing. Okay? Teaching you how to compete and do it right. Uh, and one kid never came to practice and uh, showed up to one practice before, like, the second game and then came to the game. And I'm coaching the game. And it's just me. You know, it's it's just me. It's not three, four guys. And I'm volunteering. You know, I work seven out of seven. You know, there are no off days in my world. And and so I'm looking down the bench and I see the kid. He looks like he's crying. So I notice I'm, I'm coaching. So what's wrong? And he doesn't say anything. And so uh, one of the other kids gets sick and he's coming over to the to the sideline. I'm dealing with him and his dad walks around. Good guys. Dad said, go coach your team. Uh, coach your team, coach. I'll take care of him. So I go back, turn around. The kid's mom's coming around the court. Not the one who was sick, but the one who's pouting. So uh, I'm talking to him, and I look up and I see mom, and she says, what's wrong with him? You know, he's crying. I said, I think he'll be okay. He wants to get in the game. I'm sure he doesn't know the plays, but he'll play. So and she said, I forget now what she said, and I just remembered saying, mom, go over there. And then she walked away 
And the kid was pouting. He wanted to get in the game. Well, here's the thing. These other kids showed up to every practice. Okay. They They're made a time. commitment. They made a commitment. Right. This kid's going to play because the rules say I have to play him and I'm going to set the example. I don't demean these kids, but I challenge him. The, and one of my problems is that when kids are in an environment where they're not going to be abused and somebody wants to teach them accountability, let them learn. And I don't know what's going on now, but I, I, when I looked up and saw the mother coming and after it was over with, I'm thinking, I can't believe that just happened. You know what, Clay, what's sad is, and we talk about it all the time, it's not going to get any better. No. Because no. with this self of entitlement, yeah. with adults passing it along to their kids, and we got school administrators and they pressured by doing certain things because of policies and yeah. regulations yeah. and what board members vote on, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got like $38 million going toward Lehigh School and now the new school they want to build behind Bon Marche Mall, but yet these teachers in public schools continue to use their own money oh, man, to buy awful. school supplies. It's awful. Hey, look, if the school board's got that much money, and based on that 2008 yeah. tax that yeah. passed, then why don't you reimburse all of these teachers whose parents are not buying their kids the supplies they need for whatever teachers reason, get crapped laziness, drugs, yeah. criminal yeah. activity, bad decisions yeah. in life, but yet all the teachers out there, underpaid, yeah. they're going to be babysitters all day long yeah. for these kids from elementary through high school. Don't you think we expect too much out of teachers in this new era? I mean, you remember the time we sat in classroom, the teacher was the law, and God forbid she had to call the principal. Because you didn't, the principal didn't have to call home because there was something in schools called the paddle. That's long gone now. But no, I just remember many teachers saying, you want me to call your daddy? <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> when that teacher looked at me and said, you want me to call your daddy? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You want an apple? <laughs> so, so, all right, changing gears. We've done, we've, we've done our fair share of the old man get off our lawn routine here right, uh, right now. Transition. Just be here. careful. You're going to put somebody's eye out. <laughs> going to put somebody's eye out. Let's talk a little bit about politics. You voting for Trump? I am. Okay. Tell me why. Uh, you know what, Clay? Well, I could sit here and say what everybody's saying about Donald Trump. First off, I mean, Kasich is like that uncle that just annoys you. Why? It's just he is. I just, I mean, God bless him. I just, and of course, Hillary Clinton speaks for herself and uh, Sanders. I mean, <laughs> Sanders reminds me of uh, like uh, Morgus back in New Orleans. You know what I mean? He's just, okay, fine, Bernie. We get it. Great. Be Bernie safe. Sanders. Be safe, man. True. I just, I'm voting for Trump because you know what? I'm not, when they do State of the Union addresses, I don't want me to watch them. Oh, no. But you know, when Trump. Does one? I'm gonna watch that son of a bucket. Because it's not I'm gonna, gonna be watch a it. Hey, look, I just agree with the guy saying I don't give a damn about the artsy people out there and the yeah. sissy people out there and all the freaking vegans out there and all the jackasses what, what out there. Vegan have the to vegans, do with- well, because it's all a little sissy artsy, getting your nine dollar freaking coffee at Starbucks. All them goofball jackasses just go into a regular convenience store, and get you a cup of coffee, and throw some sugar. You in ever had some? La- you ever had here. a latte? Nah, I've never- I got your latte. Hey, look, I, I named this one latte and this one mocha. In the middle one's frappuccino. I've never had any of that stuff. And sometimes I'm standing behind somebody at the line in the line at a coffee store. And you know what the, hey, Clay, these, it's like, what, these are you, what did you just say? Oh, these millennials, these people protesting at these rallies, Trump, you know what they remind me of? The same people that spat upon our Vietnam veterans when they returned. Yeah. Those are the same type of Generation X goofballs who are unpatriotic, who want to be hand-given everything in life. When I see how our Vietnam veterans were treated, yeah. because that's, that's like, you know, my uncle's generation, that sort of thing. I can relate. If you and I were born 10 or 15 years earlier, we serving in Vietnam. Yeah, what yeah. do we get when we come back? We get a divided country. And guess what? 
uh, when I see these Vietnam veterans, I can only imagine this, Clay, and I, I, I wasn't there because I was in Vegas, but they did something on Saturday to honor, it was Vietnam Veterans Day, right. out at the uh, the kid yeah. in a museum. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that these Vietnam veterans, when they see these great homecomings at athletic events from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq war right. heroes, when they return, and of course, Guys, Dad people, comes out on a field. People clapping air, airports yeah, now. Celebrations yeah. and the flyovers and everything. I can only imagine, if I'm 70 or 72 years of age, I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I'm seeing this, and you know it brings joy to them, but I know they got to be saying, where's mine? Right. You follow right. me? Yeah. Where was mine? Yeah. And you know what? World War One, World War Two, Korea, they all got welcome home, man. Yeah. They got celebrated. They got yeah. loved. They got, they got cherished. And our Vietnam veterans didn't get anything, man. Yeah. And you know what? You know what all our veterans have in common? They answered the call. Yeah. They answered the call. And Vietnam, we didn't need to be there. Yeah. Vietnam, people right. we didn't know. Vietnam, yeah. Vietnam was a worthless cause. Let them deal with 58, it. 58,000 people died and countless thousand others. Because we always forget those who did come back with mental and physical injuries. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about probably in the six figure range when you touch all of the people who made it. If you include death and people who came but back. Here's what's crazy, Clay. And I think most Americans right now and I think let's say 45 plus mm-hmm. most Americans, 45 plus. And I'm 56 mm-hmm. now. But for whatever reason, as crazy as it would sound, if this unbelievable war broke out yeah. and anybody who wanted to go, you can go. It yeah. didn't matter. We just need people. We yeah. need bodies. Yeah. I'm the first one in line, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm the first one in line. Yeah. I'm first. Yeah. And the thing about it is, if it happens that way and you ask, say, 21 to 30-year-olds, you're going to have to look around, find some. They're going to be just a few, a different but not mentality. a lot. It is it's a, a different, different mentality. You know what? The few, the few are raised in homes yeah. like yours yeah. and mine yeah. and so many people listening to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Those are a few that their children would represent. Got to love the country, for the country, most part, man. overall... I mean, we live in the greatest country in the world. No question. And no matter how bad it gets between, you know, Maine and Florida and Florida yeah. and Arizona up yeah. to Seattle and I'll throw in the Samoans too and the uh, Alaskans, God bless you, and Puerto Rico. Why do you whatever. always mention the Samoans? I mean, you know, I mean, Rubio, he wins Puerto Rico. God bless <laughs> you. You're on a freaking roll now, <laughs> Puerto Rico. What do you think about Cruz? Uh, Tell the truth. You know, I mean, Cruz, I just, there's something awkward about yeah. the guy. Yeah. Just something. Cruz, little weird. Cruz, little weird. Cruz is the kind of guy that. If I'm like 20 and I can't afford a plane ride, I don't want to be sitting next to him on a Greyhound bus in the middle of the night. I I mean, Cruz just, he just says something about him, Clay. I know my buddy, my buddy Steven just threw his cigar listening to you talk about Cruz. He's a big, big Cruz fan. Big Cruz fan. But if it wasn't Trump, I'd vote for Cruz, really. If if Trump doesn't get the uh, Republican nomination, I'm going to vote for Cruz. I'm a Republican guy. I mean, really, I'm one of those guys. I want Trump because I know, guess what? If ISIS is shooting another video on the beaches of Tripoli in the middle of the day, our fighters can find him. Well, I will tell you this about him. If, if, if you know about his negotiating tactics, that a lot of the over-the-top thing that he's doing is his negotiating tactic. And here's what I will guarantee people. Once he gets the nomination, watch the change in his demeanor. Because once, he, once he's got the deal closed... And he doesn't have to do this over the top thing because right now, to be quite honest with you, and he says I'm a politician, he's trying to get the votes and he's doing whatever he can to get the votes. When he gets the nomination, watch the change. If it is Trump, can he beat Hillary? Yep. Yep. God, I hope you're right. Nope. He will. Because the worst next four years in our lives, 
would be if it's Hillary well, Clinton. You know, the I thing, mean, the, there's no the, question the, about the it. No matter of, your party affiliation, and you may not like the uh, Republican Party, but nobody in their right mind can honestly think what's going on in this world yeah. today that Hillary Clinton is the person you well, want to control. I will tell you this. I think that she can beat Ted Cruz. I think that she can beat Marco Rubio. I don't know about Kasich because Kasich goes back so far and he's kind of a tweener anyway. But uh, with Trump, the level that he will go to to win, I just don't see it. And I think when you get into a competition of slinging mud, Hillary Clinton doesn't want. This is just a straight down the line political analysis. She doesn't want to sling mud. She doesn't want to talk about misogyny with women. How's she going to do that? You know? I mean, Griswold, I mean, Griswold from Vegas Vacation or whatever, yeah. that's what Kasich reminds me of. <laughs> Clark like Griswold. Just, yeah, Clark Griswold. He just reminds me of that guy. He's just out there. He means well, but, you know, he can't, like, keep his thoughts together. He's always looking here and looking there, and he's kind of nodding like that little poodle your dad had at the back and that Cutlass Supreme and a red glass. <laughs> I mean, Kasich, I mean, I think the guy's okay, but there's something about that guy that just drives me nuts. And I, I, love, how Ayla, I love how Trump goes, little Rubio. Little Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Because, now come on. Now wait a minute. You, but here's what I got to ask you. Say, wait, Trump, wait. Trump is on. Trump is on a debate. You know talking politics. About his, his, you know politics. Yeah, yeah, I see you on Channel yeah, Nine all yeah, the time. Yeah. You a freaking star, my friend. Yeah, I don't know. I got to get that. you to sign something before I get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I don't understand about Rubio is, like months ago, he was the up and comer. Yeah. He was the stud. Yeah. He was your five star recruit. Yeah. And this guy, he ain't gonna win his own stage. So here's the thing with Trump. Trump has made politics mainstream. Here's what I mean. The first debate they did, they got 24 million viewers. So anything he does makes news because he's so outrageous and he's just sucked all of the air out of the room. First thing he did when he walked onto the stage is found the biggest bull in the yard, Jeb Bush, in terms of name, and he took him out. Took him out. Then after Jeb Bush, what did he do? Ben Carson. Took him out, right? And everybody after that has not really been a threat. And so once he got rid of the two guys that people were in love with for whatever reason, it's fine. On the other side, Bernie Sanders is not going to beat Hillary Clinton. Now, I know someplace uh, on the Upper East Coast, Bill Clinton is probably saying, I'm this close to being back in the White House. And he's, it's probably it, that reality probably could have happened. But Trump is in the way. And I do believe Trump has acquired the Republican Party, and I think he's going to be the nominee. It's going to be the most—if he indeed does win in November, it's going to be the most interesting four years this country has ever seen. Can you ever imagine—now, let's think about this. Can you ever imagine in history that the last two presidents, if if Trump wins, won— has never had elected office before. His first election win will be the highest in the land. And he is uh, following a guy who had only been in politics for seven years. Okay? It's a different reality. And the public is saying, we don't want the grizzled old political vets anymore. We want he's, Trump's getting kids to vote for him. How do you figure that? He put 12,000 people in the river center. On a Thursday night. That's no small deal. And it wasn't promoted weeks in advance either. A couple days. A couple of days, yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting. So, you know, uh, mayor, the mayor's race is this. By the way, are you going to run for the city council? Uh, Because, no, I can't. Because I can't be on radio. And I'd rather be on radio every day and get paid Why can't you be on the radio? Because you can't. 
Why? Because when you're a politician, you can't be on the radio. When you're Why? running, you, Mike you Foster just can't. Did a radio show. Yeah, but somebody, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but somebody told me when, I guess maybe during the election process, yeah. you can't be on the radio. Well, during no, the election because the stations process. have to do equal time. Yeah, but I mean, I mean but that's a long win, time to be off the air. I mean, I don't think guaranteed broadcasting is going to say, yeah, you could be off the air for a couple of months to run for office. And well, if you get well, elected, then you, you we'll work You could still out. be on the show. They would just have to give your competitors equal time. Yeah, but they can't do that. If it was a talk formatted show, it would be good. Yeah, we do bits yeah. and play rock. Yeah. It wouldn't work yeah. on Eagle 98.1. It just wouldn't work. So if you weren't on the Eagle, you'd uh, you'd run. Yeah, if I wasn't on radio, I, I'd, I'd go beyond that. I'd run for mayor. You would run for mayor and win. What? <laughs> Make Baton Rouge great again? Because I'm I'm Trump local, buddy. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. I mean, it. I'm Trump local. So what would be the first thing on your list? Clay, you know what? Just like Donald Trump, you know what's happening in this country with President Barack Obama, and, and when he became the president, I'm going. He's going to bring everybody together. Well, he's been a big divider. That hasn't happened, yeah. and we see this now with the Metro Council. And well, who's dividing the Metro Council? Well, I mean, I mean, you're not going to blame Kip for look, that, are you? Look, the African Americans every time vote one way, and the white people vote the other this way. It true. happens every time. I'm not being a racist here. Well, I'm just saying somehow there's got to be somebody. You know, if it's not Kip Holden, whoever's the next mayor, John Delgado, whoever it is, there's got to be a way that you know you have a sleepover. Everybody come to my house. We're going to watch movies. We're going to eat pizza. We're going to come out. We're going to have a come to Jesus. Yeah, meeting. that's probably not going to happen. But no, but it's every time. It's like, man, stop worrying about hurting people's feelings. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sick and tired on the Metro Council that uh, the black members of the Metro Council don't think white members of the Metro Council knows what North Baton Rouge needs. Okay. Hey, they went to school, too. Yeah. They've been living in this town a long time. Yeah. So if you're so smart about what North Baton Rouge needs, how come it had freaking changed <laughs> so, since you've been on a Metro Council? You keep saying the white people on the Metro Council have no clue. Yeah. They don't shop there. They don't eat there. They don't hang out there. They don't do anything there. Well, obviously, you're not doing a lot of hanging out and, and doing anything either because it's still the same thing. I think you ought to have a rally in North Baton Rouge. Let me tell you something. You right? and Denise well, Marcel. Well, here's the bottom line. There's reasons why businesses don't want to go to North Baton Rouge. Are two people in their own community clean up and take pride in their own community and stop doing what they're doing? I am not going to invest in your community when you personally are not sacrificing for your own community. When you show a little pride in your community and what your house looks like and what you do every day, how do you support your neighbors and call crime freaking stoppers and not worry about it? Take their pride in That's your neighborhood. And I'll be happy to help you. Uh, why were you all over Judge Trudy White a couple of weeks ago? I forget. I don't know. That broad does some stupid crap. I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know. I just help I don't me. Know. No reminder. I don't know. You just just uh, give me a little reminder, and I I'll think, go with. I it. think it was about a piece on Channel Nine. I'm talking something. about like a seven pound bass in Toledo Bend, baby. I'll take it. That's right. And you, I just know at the end of the bit, you. I don't know what Drop did she do. Mic. I don't know. She overturned. A See Denise Marcel, Trudy White, yeah. Welch, whatever. It's always something stupid. Really? Yeah, it is. Sorry. <laughs> so, so what about traffic around town? Oh, oh! Before we get to that, on a, I do want to get your observation about all these, all the flooding that's happening here now. It's just sad. Kind of surprising, it, though, right? It's just sad. I mean, in northeast Louisiana and everything they're going through, and of course, over in St. Tammany Parish yeah. and Livingston and Tangipahoa, yeah. it's just sad, man. It's just a weird thing that happens in March. Yeah. When you look at the slow system that just kind of like stalls, you know, it's like a storm in the Gulf during hurricane season. You kind of expect that kind yeah. of stuff. As we And as we sit and record this, another round is coming in a couple of days. Well, let me tell you, and, and, and God bless all of those people. Yeah. I hope they got homeowners, flood insurance, yeah. everything. But you know what? When you live in, in a 35,000-square-foot home or 3,500-square, whatever it is, 30, yeah. and, and, and your mortgage is like 300 bucks a month, there's a reason. 
Yeah. You, you see where I'm going? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, when you buy a piece of property, you may want to go to the archives. Maybe. And just check and see the history of what happens when you get seven, eight, nine inches of rain. And by the way, just for the sake of saying it, quit letting kids play in floodwaters. Uh, it doesn't look good. And there's this thing called a water moccasin that uh, can kill you. I just don't get it. Well, Clay, here's the thing. When, when, and God bless people, but when you live near water, and you live in areas that have history of flooding, that's not going to change. Well, I guess it's going right. to happen eventually. So you're going to say, all right, I live right here on the shore. I live right here, and the water's right there. Well, that's all fine and good, maybe 390 days of the year, whatever. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Maybe that's, 360. Okay, Let's go 360. Yeah, we'll give you five there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, you lost me Yeah, me too. I lost myself. <laughs> I thought the calendar changed. So, so, no, but when you live in areas like that, look— God bless you, but you got to understand there's a price that's going to come with it. And, right. you know, sadly, these people are dealing with it. So, okay, I want you to finish these statements here as we wrap up. We spent 50 minutes having a great time, as always. I'm going to throw some sentences out. Uh, Real quick, you, 365, yeah. right? Yeah, it's 365. Good, thanks. Yeah. You, you Appreciate good? you. I'm good. Yeah, you said 390. I did. I don't know there. what it came from. You know, I wish I could add an extra 30 days to some years. Uh, okay, LSU will win the college football national championship if... If they find a quarterback. They got the talent, man. They got the talent. There's no question about it. Dave Aranda seems to be, I mean, they only in spring practice. Yeah. So, but he seems to be a great defensive coordinator, man. He was wanted by all kinds of programs, and LSU got lucky. And, you know, Kevin Steele leaving, that that's that that was good because his uh, his aggressiveness and, and what he did, I don't think it was good for LSU. I don't think him and Ed Ogeron saw you know, the things that they mm-hmm. wanted. I think Dave Aranda from Wisconsin, Clay, this team is so talented, man. He's so deep on the offensive line. Defensive line's getting better. And you know, there's a reason why they call LSU DBU. Oh, Lenny yeah. Fournette, you got to be kidding me. I mean, if they can just – if Brandon Harris, as a junior, can somehow – well, man, the kid started, you just know, 13 games. He started 13 games. He started one game the previous season. He's got 14 games now. You can't blame the coaching staff anymore. Right about him not hitting wide-open receivers yeah. 15 yards down the field. Right. You can't blame the coaches anymore. Or He's a receiver got 15 out in the games. Flat. Yeah, a receiver in the flat, whatever. That guy was a highly recruited quarterback out of yeah. Shreveport area. It's time now. He's had enough snaps, enough big games mm-hmm. on the road in mm-hmm. Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. That light's got to come on now. And okay. if that light comes on, LSU can beat anybody in the country that got that much talent. The New Orleans Saints can get back to a Super Bowl next year if – uh, 15 teams drop out of the league. <laughs> no, I mean, just, I mean, they just don't have any money, oh, Clay. I mean, no, Drew Brees, hey, look, you know, I'm a biggest Saints fan and I'm a LSU fan, okay? Born and raised in the channel. Yeah. You know, wash my hands in the sink, hang my clothes in the locker, got a break tag. Hide your mom in there, okay? So I got a right to say this. I'm a huge Saints fan. They just, I mean, Clay, I don't know where the offense is going to come from. Colston's gone, and you got young guys who possibly can step it up. Yeah. But, I mean, Drew Brees, I mean, he had a great season. I'm, I'm shocked. Now he's at the age of 36. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, defensively, they got to get a pass rush. Yep. And with the salary cap and all the implications, what they're dealing with now, because all the money they invested a few years ago mm-hmm. to get back to the Super Bowl, obviously it didn't play out. Right. I just don't I, – I, there's no way – I mean, they've had a couple of great drafts. I'll give Sean Payton credit for that. I just don't think with the, the sour cap implications and the lack of money, they can, you know, bring in a big-time guy on the defensive line to put 
pass, you know, um, uh-huh. rush the passer. I mean, I mean, I'm looking for nine and seven. Hopefully, something like that. And based on what goes on in the NFC, maybe they get a wild card. But no, I mean, I think I think this team's in a little trouble. The thing that makes makes me the happiest in life is knowing that my wife and kids are healthy. That's it. It ain't about me, man. It ain't about me. You know what, Clay? I say this all the time. Who wants to die at 56? But if I found out today I got a type of cancer that's incurable, and, you know, sadly, if I, I'm going, you know what? I'm good. I've had a good life at 56. People go, are you nuts? You hadn't even lived. No, I'm good. Well, my wife's healthy. I married a great woman who stood by my side for 31 mm-hmm. years through good and bad, and she's taking a lot of heat because of that last name. When she hands out a business card, how many times she gets told, you're not married to that asshole, are <laughs> And she always has to say, it's a radio show. <laughs> it's a radio if he was show. like that in person yeah. 24-7, I wouldn't be married to him. People. I would have been married to him maybe I'm, two or three years. I'm done. I'm I've out. I've told people that. All right. The thing that makes me the angriest, that pisses me off the most is... Uh, People burning American flags and not treating our servicemen the way they should be treated. And our police officers uh, being threatened because of certain movements in this country. But, you know, like I say all the time, okay, you don't like the police? Let's take them off the street for a week and see how your life is. I'll pass. You see, no, yeah. that that's the thing. When I'm sitting there watching, you know, like the uh, you know, in a, the national news, and and they go over to you know some Muslim country and they burn in American flags, and you know, you know, Mogadishu years ago when they dragging bodies through the streets yeah. of our servicemen, that thing, Clay, I'd like to r- just jump through the freaking TV, man. Yeah. You know, that's the thing when you're unpatriotic. And, and you disrespect this country and all of the men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for you to have the right to do what you're doing. When I see that disrespect and to tarnish the image of this country and what it stands for and how so many people have fought hard to give us what we have every day, you and I have an opportunity in this beautiful office, you know, to be able to say what we want to say and the American flag is right there. God bless our truth, man. When I see anybody disrespecting our servicemen and women, matter of fact, at the airport, you know, I sit there and, you know, of course, Vegas Airport, you got people coming and going, coming right. and going. And every serviceman, my wife goes, you're going to do it again? Yes, I am. I get up. I see this service person walking by or getting a cup of coffee or something. Got his army outfit on, whatever it is. Hey, man, I can't thank you enough, man. Oh, no, God I do bless it all you. The time. Give me a hug, brother. I do it all the time. You know, yeah, I do too. Yeah. And Sue goes, I mean, how many more times are you going to do it? It all depends how many more service people well, I see. Because the time that you tell them thank you, you're, it's not like you're saying it over and over to the same person. Every time you say it to someone, that's the first time you've said it to them. And they're so humbled. And, and they're and, so humbled, Clay, when you tell them. But it's, there's nothing wrong with gratitude. Let me tell you a quick story. It just I, it Really just something that happened yesterday. You know about Goodwood Hardware here in town. Yeah, right. Love the place. Family-owned business, you know. Sell great products for, you know, the teams there, you know, LSU, Southern Saints, whatever. And a couple years ago, man, I was over there to buy uh, something for the house and I ended up buying an outdoor kitchen setup. It just it's the craziest thing the way that it happened. And the island and bar and everything has a grill that goes in the middle of it. And you take the grill out. That big, nice fridge, everything. So I, you, they come get it. And they'll come get it and clean it for, for mm-hmm. you. They'll take it back to the shop and they'll clean it. Well, the one that I got, man, one of the lights on the inside of the grill just kept going out, kept going out. And uh, Tracy, one of the owners there, her and her son, John David, came out and uh, they came to get the grill to repair it. They, got, they must have taken that grill three or four times and to fix it. Never charged me a dime to bring it back. I mean, just great, great people, man. I just, I can't say enough about them. So yesterday, 
because they came to get the grill because, you know, it's about to be grilling season right, around I these parts. And so they came to get it because I'll let them clean it twice a year and I spend money there because I just love the people. They're great people. So she calls me. She, I get a call from her son. First, he said it was going to take a week or so to get it. Three days, I get the grill back. They're taking it back to the house, asking if they could drop it off. I was like, yeah, sure. Shiloh's penned up. She ain't going to bother anybody. Uh, she says, well, um, I said, well, I tell you what I can do. I'll leave a check. All right. Um, because I trust him. And she's like, no, no, no. I'll come by and pick it up on the way home. So I'm in Home Depot looking at something yesterday evening. It's around six o'clock. I just left the office and I get a call and she says, um, no, when, when I picked up and she said her name, I said, oh, you're on the way. I'm close to home. I can be there in five minutes. She said, no. She says, we got some good news for you. I'm like, okay, really good news. She said, we're going to, today, what we did for you, we're not going to charge you anything. She said, we're just going to do it because you're, you're such a great customer. This is on the house. All that we ask is that you just share this kindness with someone else. See, that's the kind of people you want to do business with. Absolutely. And you're locked in. You're and locked in. Not going anywhere else. See, you no know those are the kind shot. of people. Not that they would. But no. even if you see, like, you just you and your wife out casually. Yeah. You see something you want at another location. Ain't going to happen. And it's this price. Ain't but you happen. see it there, and it's like 20 40 50 Ain't bucks more. Guess what? I'm getting it. Uh, no I'm question. getting it here. Now, listen. Th- I, I didn't, it's about loyalty. That's right. I didn't ask. I never ask for anything. Uh, I certainly wouldn't put them in that position. Not that they're giving stuff away. But it just shows you the character of people. And the point is, there is nothing wrong with showing gratitude. And that's what you're talking about. Clay, if you take care of people and respect people and they take care of you, that is a bond that's inseparable. No question. And that's the way everybody should live their life. Not only personally, I'm talking about your wife, your husband, or your neighbors Mm -hmm. or whatever. But when you know they respect you and you respect them and you look out for one another, you can't break that bond. You can't. But it, it, it's that's what's missing. Just saying thank you. You know something that does piss me off? And maybe it's you, you might say, Clay, you're being petty. Little things like in traffic, okay? Uh, if I'm getting ready to make a right turn and there's not much traffic uh, behind the person turning, but lots. And so I'll let them go so that they can get in. And they just turn and don't acknowledge you oh, with no, a wave. No, 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 or you let somebody into a lane they don't acknowledge. Man, that you know just what? burns me something. up, it's man. It's funny you say that because a few weeks ago, Sue and I were driving uh, Florida Boulevard. Yeah. Because I, I love Sunnies. Yeah, I love, yeah. It's on the other side of the yeah, world, but yeah, every yeah. now and then I Absolutely. love it. You know? Try to go down when it's sun up. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so we go in, and, and I let somebody, you know, yeah, in. Yeah. And they don't acknowledge Yeah. Me. And so she goes, you ain't going to do it. I yeah, I am. Yeah. I pulled up next to him, and I was honking. Yeah, she laid goes, on Stop the horn. it. I said, roll down your window. So all of a sudden, when it came down, I said, pal, guess what? You're not Dale Earnhardt in this freaking prom, all right? I just freaking let you in. You ain't that good. Right. And they just rolled up the window. <laughs> Sue what goes, you know, that? what if the guy's packing? You got nut jobs out there. Boom, yeah, you get you shot. Do. I mean, yeah, and she's right on that. Yeah. But Clay, just acknowledge people. Yeah. Just say thank you. Saying thank you. Do you ever notice now you go into a place, you hold the door open, and women are That's so surprised? Way. It's like... It's so it's such a shame. Well, let me tell you, sad let me tell you in, in every morning going to the be quick on Perkins because yeah. that's my morning yeah, stop. Yeah. Going in, everybody knows your name, and yeah. I see Hiller in there all the yeah, time. Yeah. That sort of thing. I'm gonna see Hiller so, tonight. So look, every time you know, like district of course, attorney, it doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl. Yeah. If I'm walking up and I see somebody in my rear view behind me, yeah. I'll hold a door for them oh, to absolutely. go in. And if a guy doesn't say thank you or a girl doesn't say thank you, I'm going. Right. What are you thinking? Right. Just say, hey, man, good morning. Thanks. Right. Hey, appreciate right. it. Just something. I just, but just do like a sense of entitlement right. that I'm on this earth so I can open Hold up the, the door. door for you right. to walk in. Right. I don't get it, man. I, I just re- don't. Man, we, we, were go- we were going into uh, the academy 
and I was changing out propane tanks. And so they're empty. So they're light. So I had a couple of them. So my boys are carrying them. And one of the older gentlemen passing by and he says, that's what I like to see. He said, you're raising up some young men there. It's like, well, you know, they get three hots at the house. <laughs> so <laughs> carrying some tanks, right, least right, they right. can do. It's just, I, I don't get it, man. But you know, people, we're like dinosaurs. This stuff, to most people, they think, ah, look, why do y'all go on look, about I know we're short of time, but one thing that really ticks me off, and I see it all the time, and you know, they're married couples or the young people dating girlfriend, yeah. boyfriend, and he's walking like 10 or 15 feet in front of her, <laughs> and then he lets her go in first, and she opens the door, and then he just follows in behind oh my her. God. Look, my dad told me two things, man. <laughs> Never walk in front of a yeah. woman. And never let a woman open a door for you. That's right. Never. never. Don't do it. Never. And people out there today are not raised in that no. environment. No. And you see certain things and I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm seeing him getting out and she's pumping a gas. I'm going, I don't, I don't understand the world we're living in right now, so man. So do you have some skinny jeans? Skinny jeans now, 33, 32 Wranglers. I'm just I go saying, to Academy. I, I see hey, that hey. nowadays now with the now, skinny jeans. Now, let me tell you jeans. something. I, anybody who likes wearing Wranglers, and look, I sell wood and I, I'm an easygoing guy. I sell wood. That's what I do for a living, besides oh, being on the radio. I just wanted to be certain you weren't going someplace else. No, I sell wood. But look, let me give people a secret out there, Clay. It all depends what academy sports you go to. Yeah. This is not a promotion okay. here. But I'm going to tell you something. See, if you go to the one on Segan Lane, yes. they ain't going to have a lot of 33 32s. They're not going to have it. Here's gonna, why. Right. I asked the lady. I said, how come you're always out of 33 32s? Because, you know, I'm a 56-year-old dude in shape. Yeah. Well, I got the body of an 18-year-old. Yeah. So what I'm saying, it's the most popular True selling gene. I got It's the most popular selling gene, 33 32. Yeah. So they're always out. So I'm going, you know what? They're always out of 33, 32 jeans at Academy Sports on Segan Lane. I'm going, I bet I know where I can go and there'll be a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You know where I went? I went Academy Sports right there off of uh, uh, Florida Boulevard, right there by Bon Marche. You know, Academy Sports North Airline right there. It's an Academy Sports. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I went there. They had a bunch of them. Brothers don't wear 33, 32 Wranglers. <laughs> I knew you were going someplace with that. Pull your pants up, fellas. That's they all I'm saying. They don't wear 33, 32. Hey, man, a 16 year old brother, he's getting a 40 40. He's letting them some buggy drop to the ground, huh? Everybody, everybody just went there. <laughs> all right, so you got to come back here. Uh, let's see here. You got to come back here. We'll talk. Oh, quickly. Well, we'll do baseball the next time around. Uh, and then the, Anna may come with you. She was mad because she didn't come this I time. I know. She was very upset. Yeah. You want to you apologize to Anna? Because well, no, because you're the one who invited me. You didn't say invite Anna. <laughs> he just threw me under the bus. There you, you go. You didn't ask me to RSVP for Anna. You can catch him every day on Eagle 98.1, Condon Uncensored. I never really know what he's going to say. He, the guy you hear on the radio, to be honest with you, is not the guy you meet. In fact, if you saw him somewhere in public and you didn't know him, if somebody said, you know, that's Richard Condon, there's no way you'd believe it. Hey, two things. Be committed to your spouse and love our soldiers. Amen. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. All right, there it is, Richard Condon. I'm sure a few of you burned a few calories listening to Condon uh, there. He's always Condon uncensored, even though he does a show on Eagle called Condon 
Uncensored. All right, as we said, Smoke em If You Got em is May 15th. Next week, we'll have an announcement about that. And no, she has not been able to get the answer out of me. <laughs> She's tried, but to no avail. I'll tell you after the mics it. are off. It. After the mics it. are off, I'll tell you what the, what, what the announcement is. And we're looking forward to it, helping our military veterans. I think we spoke about this on the last show that we got a flag at Bobby D'Angelo's event. And it's in the lobby. Just a really great cause. And hopefully, uh, you know, politics. Changing the subject a little bit. I really, really hope that we could do a better job of talking about our disagreements without some of what's been happening in society going on. Riots in streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, prote- I, listen, I, and, and I will say this about uh, Trump. I really don't, unless a protester is being disruptive, and sometimes they are, they got a right to be there. You know, if they're disrupting, you get them out. Having said that, the old guy who punched the guy in the face being taken out of the Trump rally, no cause for that. Yeah. No call for that at all. Screaming at the people, giving it back to them as they're leaving, that's one thing. Taking a poke at a guy as he's leaving, nah, you can't do that. Yeah. What happens if that guy goes into his pocket and pulls out a knife or, yeah, I just, I, there's no call for that. Yeah. And I think as a candidate, you have to be able to say, we love the passion, we don't condone the violence. And, and you know, when, when, when Trump says, I don't condone violence, but I'm thinking about paying the legal fees of the guy who took a swing at the other guy, you can't have that. Yeah. Because it just keeps going and going. And what happens? I mean, gunfire? It's like, you know, just everybody chill out. <laughs> it's okay to be passionate without getting into a fight. Yeah, just chill out. Chill out. That's our public service <laughs> announcement for the week. All right, next week's show will feature a conversation with Baton Rouge mayoral candidate, uh, Sarah Holiday. She's going to come in and talk a little bit about why she wants to be mayor or why she's considering a run for mayor. I think she just has an exploratory committee, she says. And Michael Shingleton. Michael Shingleton is now the lead anchor on WBRZ-TV here in Baton Rouge. And if I'm not mistaken, he is the only second-generation on-air talent in Baton Rouge because his father, Pat Shingleton, has been on television doing weather for the last 135 years. (laughs) Just kidding, Pat. You know I love you, brother. Mike Shingleton is going to be on the show next week. I'll tell him about that. Maybe I'll have some Irish whiskey in here. It'll be after St. Paddy's Day, but uh, maybe we'll make an exception uh, to have him I'm in sure here. they can be an exception. I think we can do that. All right. We're working on something for podcast225.com, yes. as a matter of fact. Uh, one on the brick and mortar end and the other on the digital end. The Little mortar. something something. I'll explain that later. Little something <laughs> something we're working on here that we'll tell you about before the end of this month. This I actually know about. This you actually know about. I'll explain the brick and mortar thing in about a minute. <laughs> All right, you can catch us every week for free on iTunes. Hit the subscribe button, get the show there without doing any work. You can go to the website, of course, and get the show at podcast225.com. It's on the Talk 107.3 radio app. It's free there, so you can download it. All of this great information for free right here at podcast225.com. That's my line. So, okay. (laughs) 
You can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on Talk 107.3. No, That's right. I, I killed it. Yeah. All right. That was my line. Or you my can, only line. Or you can catch us at podcast225.com. That is so sad. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.